Welcome to Day 274 of Saved by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge and Matthew Kresge. And uh, this week we conclude our readings from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, in Chapter 26, we have the last few warm moments that Jesus has with the disciples before he goes to the cross, but there's also a sense of foreboding, even though they share uh, the table together at Passover, and even though Jesus brings new meaning to the Passover. Uh, he does do so in the shadow of betrayal. He does so in the shadow of denial. And all of the disciples will end up abandoning him as he goes to the cross. So it's an encouraging chapter to us because we know what is ahead and we see exactly what God is doing as he leads Jesus toward the cross and toward the resurrection. But it's also deeply sad because we see in ourselves those that are, are not willing to walk beside Jesus in his hour. Mm-hmm. So we begin in Matthew chapter 26, but before we do, let's uh, offer ourselves in uh, this moment to the Lord. Matthew, mind lifting us up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for um, the time we get to spend together reflecting on it, hearing from you, expectant that you will move. And so, Father, we pray that you would uh, move in our in our lives as, as we read your word. Father, transform us into the image of Christ. Help us to see him and behold him, uh, to marvel at who you are and what you've done to accomplish our salvation. Uh, Father, would you draw us closer to you, closer to one another, and, and get much glory through this time. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. Be with us as we read it. Give us wisdom and insight. Help us to understand it. Uh, God, use us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priest and the elders and the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and to kill him, but not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which he poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. His perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering with this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. 
While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. You have two very warm moments. You have a moment in the, the house of Simon the leper mm-hmm. uh, when uh, this lady comes with an alabaster jar of perfume and breaks it open and pours it on Jesus' head. And then you have the moment in the upper room. And, and of course, both of these are, are a little bit foreboding, as we said earlier, but they're deeply rich as uh, we lean into the cross. So what are some of the things that stand out in the text? And, you know, initially for me, just some of the details that Matthew includes, you know, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, you just have to love kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on there. You know, is this just a nickname that he's picked up over time because he used to be a leper and now he's been healed? And, you know, or is Matthew pointing us to something very specific? I I just love the details he includes. But, you know, here here is Jesus and his disciples. And, I mean, he's he's eating with with Simon the leper. Mm -hmm. And and then you have this scene um, where, you know, the woman anoints Jesus with this expensive perfume and, and the disciples, I mean, they just won't have it. You know, what mm-hmm. are you doing? But I, I think one of the things that, um, you know, caught my attention as I was reading it through this time is Jesus, you know, Jesus understood his death wasn't going to be, you know, your, your typical death. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't going to receive the proper, you know, burial that would have come with, you know, this anointing and this preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knew that this death was coming. He had just said, you know, the son of man will be handed over to be crucified. But we're seeing even now Jesus knows exactly what, what he's headed towards as he set his face face towards Jerusalem. And, and we're seeing, you know, kind of hints of it all along the yeah. way. And, of course, Jesus never met a leper that he did not heal. Yeah. And, and, of course, the very fact that they're in his home um, means, means that he has been recovered and he mm-hmm. has healed. And probably this is a celebration of Thanksgiving, you know, because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have another woman who comes in also. Uh, with a deep sense of gratitude and a, and a lavish gift, you know, that she is, is giving just the, the fact that the jar is made of alabaster itself, much less in a very expensive perfume. And uh, she breaks it open and, uh, you know, pours it out on his head. And it would have been a, a kind of gift that you would have reserved, you know, for a, you know, for a dignitary or for someone of, you know, great import. And uh, she does it, you know, for Jesus. And if anyone should have recognized the value and the beauty of who Jesus was, it should have been the disciples. But uh, they're they're absolutely indignant. Mm-hmm. And of course, they use you know the line you know we we could have sold this and given it yeah. to the poor. And you wonder if they really have deep concern for poor, or there is just a sense of their own importance that they felt you know to see the beauty of the moment. Mm-hmm. And you have to love that little phrase. She's done a beautiful thing to me. He's just, you know, told us or in Matthew's gospel, you know, about 
uh, you know, the sheep and the goats and how uh, those who visited, you know, uh, people in prison and those who gave, uh, you know, clothes to those who were naked and, and, and cold and those who fed those who are hungry, uh, if they've done it to the least of these, they've also done it to Jesus, which mm-hmm. is which is also a beautiful thing. So you have worship expressed in kindness to, you know, to Jesus, expressed in kindness to the poor, but then also extravagant gifts to him. Mm-hmm. And there is no gift too precious you know to give to him and worship yeah and i love verse 13 where he he tells them that wherever the gospel this gospel is preached throughout the world what she's done will also be told in memory of her and um and it was right matthew's there and he's witnessing this and he includes it in in his gospel um so i love that that detail and that that she is included um in the story of preparing him for burial it's really Really special. She, she saw how valuable this man was, and probably not even like she saw the value, but she probably doesn't e- didn't even get to see. I mean, the nearly as much yeah. of the value as he really was and is. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt about it. There, there are none of us that have really fully comprehend the beauty, beauty, the majesty, mm-hmm. uh, the incomparable worth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and. That he himself gave a very extravagant, you know, gift, you know, to us mm-hmm. uh, through the cross and uh, through the salvation that he offers us, and, and not just the salvation, but the entry into, you know, God's shalom and His mm-hmm. peace and all the good riches that we have through Him. I think that's one thing that makes um, Judas, just the story of Judas, so much more difficult to read, is because he's been walking with Jesus and yet. He, Jesus, I mean, isn't worth more to him than 30 pieces of silver, you know? Like, um, he doesn't see the value, and he obviously doesn't truly believe and trust that he is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's so sad to see that. Yeah. And, there, and obviously, you don't know how widespread the grumbling was, you know, among the disciples, but uh, they didn't see the value in Jesus mm-hmm. either nor did they represent, you know, nor did they realize this, this extravagance was the extravagance that uh, is, is due Jesus, that we all give, you know, from the depths of our heart, our deepest riches, you know, to him in worship. Mm-hmm. You can't help but, but see these two stories in contrast, you know, set right next to each other, where yeah. Matthew, I think, puts these two together to see, you know, because other, other um Gospel writers would tell us that Judas was actually the one who spoke up, but Matthew says it was the disciples who were indignant. Mm. You know, and and so just these contrasts right here of, you know, this perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money being given to the poor. You know, we, we could have done something great with this, and then you right after uh, immediately afterwards you see, you know, Judas just willing to hand Jesus over for thirty pieces of silver. I mean, their their hearts are being exposed, yeah. and mm-hmm. and ours too. Yeah. Uh, what are you willing to give me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what is you know the, he's already set a price on Jesus, saying so he's not worth an alabaster you know, jar of perfume. Now he sets a price again, and, and of course the phrase doesn't say what are you willing to give me so that I might give it to the poor, either. Uh, you know his uh, you reveal his heart and motive. You know from the beginning what what's in this for me, and that's been true of the other disciples as well. You know grant that we may sit at your right or your left hand and arguing about who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And uh, many times we do, you know, follow Christ more avid expediency and what's in it for us and realizing his beauty and his worth. Yeah, and the Last Supper reveals to us what he was willing to give us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His body and his blood. 
and the imagery um, of that, just when you understand some of um, Jewish history and just the Hebrew history um, is beautiful. I mean, and I feel like when you, when you, um, lead us in communion each month. Like I think you do a good job of drawing those lines for us and helping us make those connections. Um, but when you do understand it, it, it brings so much, um, I don't know, richness to, uh, and history and just covenant, um, love into this. Mm. We need someone to do a biblical theology of eating, you mm. know, where you have Adam and Eve in the first sin, mm. you know, this act of taking the fruit and eating it and Jesus undoing, you know, the first sin by the act of taking yeah, the that, body. And yeah. No, there is a, you know, rich theology, of course, of Isaiah, you know, of coming. Uh, all of you who are thirsty, come to me and buy water without money. All of you are hungry. Buy bread without, uh, without money, mm-hmm. without end. Uh, so there is a very rich, but of course, you also have the whole idea of, uh, uh, you know, in a fellowship offering, you would actually eat of the sacrifice and mm-hmm. there was a symbol of participation in the sacrifice and this has to be a stark uh, you know stark saying for the disciples in that moment this is my body mm-hmm. you know take and eat mm-hmm. I love to verse 27 when he takes the cup and says when he given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine and from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I mean, every, every single time we partake of you know, the Lord's Supper, we should be kind of anticipating this day where one day soon we will get to partake with Jesus and he's waiting on us. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he says, I, I won't do this until I get to do it again with you. Now there's so many dimensions. We look back at his death in yep. which our sins were born on the cross. We... And I look to the moment, you know, that we uh, came into fellowship with him when he, by his grace, uh, caused us to come alive in him, and we put our faith and our confidence in him. And we look to the moment we're taking of the bread to search our hearts to see whether we are in fellowship with him and mm-hmm. to renew ourselves in the covenant. And then we look to the day that when we will, uh, you know, uh, receive receive the bread and receive the wine from his, his very hand in the Father's house and the yeah. great wedding feast. wedding feast of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, we can't end this without seeing that they sang, they sung a hymn before they went out to <laughs> the Which hymn do you think they sang, Kitty? Um, uh, probably Amazing Grace. Amazing, no, that wasn't amazing. I was thinking prone to wonder. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were definitely prone to wonder. Yeah. <laughs> we catch them. No doubt. <laughs> no. And, and uh, of course, Jesus tells him, you know, this this warm moment will soon be over, uh, and all of you will leave me. And they say, how could we possibly leave you? Every one of them denied it. And Peter said, even if I have to die. And of course, uh, his strength and his his um, confidence was you know misplaced. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's so sad to not just see you know Peter and Judas. It's sad to see ourselves and our betrayals and our denials in in, in face of such a a rich grace. Mm-hmm. So the cross, while it is a source of great hope for us, it also makes us sad because it reveals the you know, magnificent love of our Lord Jesus Christ and it also the depth of our, our waywardness. Mm-hmm. Katie, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity as we read um, 
these these accounts uh, to to lament over our, our sin um, and what uh, the part we played in in putting Jesus on the cross. Um, I think it being so long ago, it's very easy for us to to think we had nothing to do with it. But um, in every sense, we had everything to do with it, and um, and we just thank you for the opportunity to mourn that, to feel that, and then the opportunity you've given us to walk in grace and to, to realize over and over again that how you have covered us in grace by the blood of Jesus and that we can partake um, in the sacrifice that he's made on our behalf um, as, as participants in this new covenant. So thank you for the hope that that gives us. Thank you for your word and how, no matter how many times we read it, um, that your spirit is at work in us through it. You are good to us. Um, would you continue to walk with us this week? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.